0: Welcome to the Nonegations Podcast, a faith-based podcast that connects real-world situations and thoughts, descriptions to strengthen you. On this episode, we're talking about leadership, so let's dive into it. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of No Negations Podcast. Daryl D. Sullins Jr. is here. And
1: DS Ninja is in the house. I
0: I, I kind of like it when we don't have the camera sometimes. You know why that?
1: Because you ain't got to be working at all the council.
0: Yeah, no, I don't have to do it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because I sure can't do it. Yeah,
0: you can. All you got to do is really click a button.
1: All you got to do is click a
0: button. I, I mean, I would set it up for you just every time. You know, all you got to do is just go do doop, doop every time.
1: Yeah. You you know, I got a bone to pick with you. With me? Yeah. Uh Uh-oh. Y'all come over today. You know, we're doing this podcast. Ayla got a new shirt on. You got a new shirt on.
0: (laughs) I didn't think you would
1: notice. (laughs) HBO.
0: Help her brother out. What's up? Well, (laughs) the thing is that the shirt that Ayla has on is actually a mistake.
1: When well I, normally the shirts you give me are mistakes.
0: <laughs> well okay okay exactly and uh, and the shirt I have on is actually a mistake. I don't have any mistakes in your sizes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, do. no, I don't get no shirt cuz no, it's a good no, one. No, like I won't
0: have a, I wouldn't originally have a shirt right now but this one I can't do for anything cuz I made I messed up. Oh. No.
1: Like Ayla's, I meant to
0: pr- her, the, the logo that she has on her front was supposed <clears> to go on the back. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I went to, when the that went to go print it. I guess it was just laid down the wrong way. He was like, "Oh
1: man!" Yep, I was <laughs> like, "Well, a hey, little one shirt." <laughs> yeah, like you did that. when you was putting Dad's uh, playhouse together. <laughs> I was like, dude, the door supposed to be on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> it ended up working out. That's yeah, <laughs> and then you like, wait a minute, this wall supposed to be on the other side. Yeah, I'm just keeping it here. Yep. He won't know. <laughs> yeah and then um,
0: so like this shirt that I have on. <clears throat> Like, originally I was going to put this logo on it, right? Yeah. But the thing is, is that the you it is, it's hard to read it. Like, can you read it? It's hard to read it, right?
1: Yeah, it's difficult to read. So
0: I decided to put this logo on a different color shirt, and it's a lot easier to read. So this shirt is a mistake now. Hmm. You know, that's why.
1: Yeah, well, the, all the shirts that I have anyway are, are mistakes. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, most, hey, let's and, get this to the old guy. The
0: people don't know, but <laughs> most of the shirts that I have are too. Yeah. Except for like... The Sea Guy first ones, those are, like, fine. But, like, the the tricolor <clears> one, <throat> mine is actually a mistake. Um, My, uh, <clears throat> the Strength and Faith is a mistake. Um, live Your Dreams, yeah. that one is not
1: a mistake. So you say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's a wild Dad, and I was thinking back on this actually a while ago. There was a while, though, like, I didn't even have a shirt. Yeah. Like, I didn't, I wasn't wearing them. I didn't have them because... I was selling them to people. It's kind of crazy to see how, like, the progression of the selling goes. And we're definitely, you know, not where we, I guess, where we want to be, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, it just started out, like, just printing shirts with iron. And then, you know.
1: Yeah, demand, people. Demand the no negation shirts. We appreciate it.
0: Since we're on the subject of shirts, like, these new shirts are going to drop really, really soon. I think about... I should just release a Monday.
1: That's on you.
0: Oh, not it can't be this Monday. Next maybe next Monday. It can't be this Monday. And I'll tell you why when we get off the podcast. <laughs> but <I'll get> <laughs> next Monday. <clears throat> I could do that next Monday. Okay. Oh, we should do that. Well anywho, um, how was your week?
1: Uh week was good. Week was good. I didn't get a chance to get on the track this week because we had rain and all this stuff going on. <laughs> and uh, I finally got my mulch all put down. So, but other than that, no things.
0: It sounds like you're making excuses <clears throat> why you didn't get on the track.
1: No, because it's raining. I mean, I'm not gonna
0: rain or shine.
1: Well, I'm not competing. <laughs> if I was competing, you know, in competition mm-hmm. phase, you know, I would be out there doing it. Should I I compete? In what? In track. That's up to you. But should I? What are you going to compete for? You talking about trying to go pro?
0: I would say the 400-meter hurdles. I think that's my best chance.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, you got to get a coach. (laughs) I'm looking at (laughs) him. We'll talk contract. (laughs) (laughs) Please. (laughs) No, to do that, that's a lot of time. I
0: I know. know, That's the only thing. Because... It's already seems like time is stretched in with the gym. And I was talking to Ayla about it earlier. She's like, Oh, what about midday when you're not doing I'm like, Yeah, right. Yeah. That's our time, like family time to chill, take naps, you know, go to the park and stuff. I don't want to cut that for, you know, doing that. And she's yeah. like, Oh, we can go to the track for you. I'm like, Or with you. I'm like, Please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: The, t- the the training that you, you have to do, you know, the, the amount of reps and stuff. And see, like I told you before, you don't have that many miles on you uh, or running so you know you at 28 you can do it
0: and so actually i did like this a little experiment that if it was back in september and so most people know that i time i do the 10-yard sprint time right in the gym mm-hmm. that's how we test progression see how fast your 10-yard sprint time went. The i had ran like at that time you know, i was kind of like out of like sp- i was definitely out of sprinting shape i went like a one six eight And so these kids are like oh I'm a one-six two. I'm like, okay, you're not you're not gonna beat me in a race. So that's all that (laughs) might might get me out the start, but you're not beating me in a race. But anyway, I was like, I in two months, in two months, I can be at a 149. Like, no way, you ain't going from a 168 to a 149 or whatever. I'm like, in two months I can be at a one four nine. But little do they know, in order for me to do that, I had to train four times a week Mm -hmm. and pretty much twice. So what I did was I had sprints in the morning, I did my then I did like my lift And I had like some type of sprint work in the end, Mm -hmm. and so um, as I was getting progressing down, like I was, you know, I went from one six eight to one six two really fast because you know it's just that shocks since, sure, you know, so like my body wasn't used to it, so I had a fast progression one six two, boom. That's when the hard part came in, so it was very strategical with like the training and stuff like that. Then I got to like a one five five, and that i was like it was a, kind of looked like i was stuck there for a, a mm-hmm. minute but it was just Plateau. Uh, yeah it was like adaptation type stuff yeah and so I was like oh you're never gonna get it two weeks prior to it i told him no three weeks prior to the time i told him um by next week so by next week it would have been what two weeks left two or three weeks something like that i was like next week if i'm at a 152 i'm on track it's like no way no way, you're not even gonna hit that next week i hit 152 i was like okay and the week after that i think after that at, the, at that point it would have been like two weeks left
1: mm-hmm.
0: i was like if i'm at a 151 one high i'm going to hit it and that week came by and i hit it it was like oh you're not going to do that i was like in two weeks or <laughs> one week or whatever the time was I'm going to run a 149. And I was like, this week is my deload week. So I'm not even doing anything this right.
1: week. Right. That, that's the key. People yep. don't understand. Uh-huh. You have to deload. You have to rest. Yep. So
0: <laughs> this is like, this is the week that I had nothing. Like, yeah. I was just doing mobility, stretching, all this other stuff. There's like, there's no way you train it. You're going to hit that and not do anything. I'm like, I'm going to hit 149 on the, on the day. So the day before I ran, or no, two days before I ran, I did something light. Like I could a couple of runners or whatever, and I was like in my head, I didn't tell them this. I was, if I was like, if I'm still at a one five one, I'm gonna hit one four nine full speed mm. in two days. I went like one five one or something like that, one five two, and then the, the day came, and then the bet was I had ten sprints, and I told them on my sixth sprint, I know I'm gonna hit a one four nine. That's always,
1: I think it was your fifth or something yeah, like that. that. Where, okay, where but I'm at. gonna explain how
0: that happened. Yeah. Okay, so I told them on my sixth sprint, my six or seven, that's why mm. I'm gonna hit the one four nine. And I was like, oh no, how can you do blah, blah, blah I was like, I'm telling you, I'm gonna hit it. So first sprint I went like a one six five and that did clown <laughs> Oh you you go hit her, all right. Like they, they clown. I'm like, okay, you know, still getting warmed up or whatever. First print was <clears throat> a one six five, then and then I got like one five fives all through like one through or two through like four. Okay. Uh-huh. The fifth one I went uh one five three, one five two. Sixth one exactly, one four nine seven. <laughs> i was like i don't even need to run no more <laughs> and then but afterwards like afterwards um the guy uh one of the guys came up to me he was like how do you know like, exactly the time i was like one i know myself as an athlete growing up when we trained for like when we tr- did our our training and stuff for mm-hmm. track i always knew on my sixth sprint my fifth or sixth sprint that was always my fastest one mm-hmm. just based off of how i'm built and so like even when i went track before like i ran my race I'll do like four or five sprints on the curb cuz I know that on my 6th one that's when I perform the best. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that and then the timing of of knowing how I am physically and then timing of my setting up my exercises and my progression of it. So I had to be a little bit more aggressive in the middle cuz it's only so much time. Mm-hmm. But then understanding that I also had to give my time myself rest. But it's just the the breaking down and understanding of who I am <clears> and then putting a plan together to achieve that.
1: And that's a great segue. You won't care about your week. <laughs> that's a great segue in what we're going into today. That,
0: that's what I was going to say. Like, yeah. yeah. But go ahead.
1: But yeah. And in knowing yourself and doing that, how you perform, how you progress, um, is that the, the progression or the process you use for understanding your athletes and leading them?
0: <clears throat> yeah, because <clears> – <throat> so, for instance, I have two type of athletes in my head that I'm thinking of. Both of them are good athletes, but they think differently. One of them is a good athlete when he feels comfortable, and one the other one is just you can put him in any situation, he's going to be fine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> the one on the left side, the one that you have to – like, I play one-on-one basketball with a lot of these athletes. These two guys, these are both basketball players.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: One guy looks at his opponent and automatically judges if he can beat him or not. And that's what kills him. Okay. And so with him, with coaching him, like I play hard in the beginning. Say we're playing a seven. I play hard and I get up to like three or four points. I play hard with him. And then I make the game a little bit competitive. Like he's scoring, I'm scoring, I'm scoring. And then I kind of let him win. But in his eyes it looks like he caught up and we're competing because in the beginning I'm blowing him out like he's like oh my gosh I can't compete with him. Mm-hmm. And then it shows that okay he's scoring he's able to score I'm scoring he's scoring and then he wins. Every time we play him now every time I play him out he plays with that intensity from the start. The guy on the other hand I don't it don't matter. I can start playing hard cuz even if I beat him or lose him he's still going to think he's the best. Okay. You know so those <clears> are the t- that's how <laughs> like there's those type of different thing those different type of mindsets in the gym. And so when I'm dealing with different athletes, I'm I have to figure out like where they're at mentally before I can start coaching them or training them. Mm-hmm. Did I even answer your question? I don't even remember what you saying. Yeah,
1: sorta 'cause I'm 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 looking at that when when we in our, in our faith when you know we're given a spiritual gift. And we're called to a ministry, and our, while we're here, God saved us for a purpose. Yeah. We're doing His will. And He said to make disciples, okay? And Jesus had a group of guys with Him that He led. And so, in whatever you do, you know, we do it as working for the Lord, not men, right? Right. <clears throat> Who are you discipling? And then out of those people that you're discipling, Are you allowing them to lead, you know, develop them as leaders
0: in like their faith or just in general,
1: in general and in faith? Because when you're talking about because we're here to build the church, build God's church, that's why he gave us spiritual gifts. How are you allowing them to lead, uh, use their gift in edifying the church? Because everybody's not a leader.
0: Yeah. So let me ask you this. And this is having a conversation. But someone that can do a lot of, you know, great things, but mentally, all they do is mentally and actually, you know, literally, all they do is make excuses of why they can't like, I literally given the blueprints to be able to do certain things for their spiritual gift, you know, for what they say they want to do in life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, like, how do you deal? How do you lead people who don't or are not ready to be led?
1: well one i wouldn't necessarily say they're a leader and sometimes i think that's the mistake we we make we put people in positions because they're in a position of of, of a leadership or 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 i mean of a ministry or organization and we say they're a leader because they're there but what is it, how does courage add into that what about integrity what about knowledge you know, what about modeling? Those things are the qualities of a leader mm-hmm. who has an unwavering determination. You know, <clears throat> I knew you uh, to get you to work out. I know how competitive you were. Sure. Okay. Then, you know, you look at somebody who's sitting on the couch watching television all the time. And then you say, because they do something on a job, you said, hey, they do that on a job. They can do this in ministry. That doesn't necessarily trans transition yeah you know what is in them what qualities do they have um do they have courage
0: but is that up to you to determine who a leader is or do you just put people or because you know god, if we put people into different positions and god allowed them to flourish like is that is that what we're supposed to do like say we have a guy that's you know nothing about, put him in the role of leadership and see how god moves him is it better to throw people into the fire and let God do his thing and maneuver them into the position they're supposed to be in? Well,
1: well normally when a person is, uh, is gifted, have a spiritual gift in something, they're probably already doing it. Like when they talk to me about, you know, uh, being in um, evangelism in, or starting a Bible study or something like that, I was already doing those things before they asked me. The challenge is if the person's not doing anything, you know, mm-hmm. and they're available, you put them in leadership. That doesn't necessarily make them a leader.
0: Oh, okay, I see.
1: You know, uh, when when trouble comes, when 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 they're in the fire, how do they respond? And then how do they respond with other people and the, and things that you you have to understand in in leadership. It's not about your needs, but the needs of the people that you're leading and mm-hmm. the organization.
0: So the people who aren't necessarily leaders, what do you think their roles? I mean, I guess it just be whatever their, whatever their spiritual gift is. I was going to ask what you think their roles will be or could well, be.
1: Well, in, in the Book of Exodus, God gave gave people the 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 ability to to uh, what they do uh, melody. What's it called? metal metal list where they take the metal and the gold and, and make, you know, fashion it, heat and stuff. He gave them ability to that. It even says he gave the people ability to embroider, you know, doing things like that. God gave them a gift. So you have to be able to look at individuals, God given talents and a spiritual gift and put them in a place where they can be successful. It's about creating small successes.
0: Is it your job to, decipher leaders from one another as being a leader you say you are a leader right is it your job to decipher who's a leader and if someone who's not necessarily quote-unquote a leader how do you inform them that they're not a leader
1: well if i'm if i'm leading a ministry mm-hmm. oh absolutely why because we, we want to edify the church the ministry whatever ministry it is is to edify the church mm-hmm. so you want to put people in place now if a person who doesn't like to talk I take take Gino for this my best friend Gino mm. Gino's not a talk he don't like to talk you mm-hmm. don't you know putting out speak that's not him mm-hmm. why would I make him a greeter? You understand what I'm saying,
0: yeah, but is it like one of those things like I think about the gym that I was at before, right? there's a guy that owns it, but he doesn't train he knows nothing about training really, but he runs and owns that gym- mm-hmm. is that like can you do something like that like with Gino could he lead the greeters ministry but not be a greeter if that makes sense?
1: Maybe he could but see here's the thing as a leader what you have to understand you don't have to know it all. You don't have to be the smartest man in the room. For sure but the like, smartest woman in the room. You know this podcast has progressed and is successful. I don't know how to run the audio board.
0: But would that make you a leader in
1: <laughs> but I produce the content. You see what I'm saying? But
0: does that make you a leader?
1: But hold on. I'm not leading anybody else. We don't have anybody else. So if we had a department, you understand what I'm saying? I would get together with them. And there's certain things that I said, okay, this is what uh, was happening. People are looking for this. How do we get this? And I put, bring everybody together, you know, ideals and stuff. And we'll formulate that
0: also working off your leading within your strengths. Yes. So can everybody potentially be a leader then?
1: They could be. They they very well could be. i was be.
0: so hoping you said no. <laughs> I don't think there's some people that just can't lead in anything. They they're Is that more just on them because of maybe laziness, but I do I do I've had encounters with people where like it doesn't matter where they're at there's no way they can lead in anything.
1: Uh I wouldn't necessarily say that.
0: Uh, yeah, that's actually not true. Maybe in ministry because everyone has a gift. So that means everyone's But them.
1: even more than that, but the foundation comes from from God, but I think a transition and translate into different aspects. Say for instance, um a a, a guy that that uh, he's good at or or let's say with his hands, putting together pipe and stuff. Okay. Yep. Cause pipe fitters and stuff. He may not get up and be able to teach a class, you know, uh, multiple people teach a class, but he can do the work. He can model it. And that's a component of leadership, modeling, mentoring, you know, because when, when you want to know how to do something, sometimes you go on YouTube, right? <laughs>
0: I just did it yesterday. <laughs> right.
1: So you're, somebody's modeling you off a. Of offer uh, YouTube, even though they don't know you. So is that them being a leader? No, what I'm saying is you don't have to be able to be out front to be a part of an organization to help grow it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be that leader. We're talking about people that's going to lead a ministry or organization. You're talking, what you're thinking of somebody in ministry. involved with the ministry or in that membership or in the organization, Functioning.
0: So there's different types of leaders, is what you're saying. So you have a leader who's out front and who leads the masses, and then you have people who do the job and they do in it. They they do their job, but they can lead within them doing
1: their. Job. You're right. They're modeling. You say, okay, this is how you do this. Okay, you turn this here. You do this like that. And so one thing is know your strength, know yourself, and seek self improvement, and also know the strength of your people. I had a guy that worked for me. This guy, he worked in another department, and he came to our department. He was absolutely failing in the department. You know, he couldn't do paperwork and stuff like that. But there was one aspect in our department that he did very well, that he did did from another department. What was that? I had him. It it was a component of, uh, you know, we do main gas lines and service lines. Yeah. So the one part of that, he did very well put him there majority of the time. Why? To create small successes for him. And then when he had to work on the other component, we put people with him, you know, because he struggled in that area. See, a leader will understand his weaknesses and work on them. Most people say, I'm just going to do what I'm strong in.
0: That's what I do. <laughs> I do what I'm strong in and then the stuff I'm weak in, I bring people on to do it for me.
1: That's, that's your leading. You're building – that's how you build an organization. And so when, if you surround people in, in, in business, we call it the braillet team. When we talking about – we talk about the bracelet team. Here we
0: go. We've talked about this in the podcast
1: I know. Before. Can I go I through it? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So you got the braillet team, yep. okay, in business. And then when you say athletics, you have a coaching staff, Right. You have the head coach, assistant coach, then you have a trainer, you have a nutritionist, you have all of them. That's a part of the team. Yeah. So in ministry and building God's t- kingdom, you have the pastors, you got the elders, you got the deacons, you know, you have ministry leaders, you know, and they come together and everybody's using their God-given talent, God-given spiritual gift. You understand what I'm and saying? We're
0: leading the church.
1: <clears throat> we're building the church, Oh. you know. And that's the way it should be. But I don't think everyone has that mindset because they put bodies, warm bodies in position and say lead. And they don't know how to do that
0: in those specific roles.
1: Yes. Yes. Mm. Because if if I had a person one time at, at work and every time it was a problem, they said this thing is going on here. They're not working right. They're not doing this right. Can you go talk to him? And then, okay, boom, you did it. Then it happened again. And I said to him, if every time there's a problem and you come to me to handle it, why do I need you?
0: Yeah, why are we, why are we paying you?
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think the light bulb went on. And so you have to be able to have a conversation with the individual. Sometimes it's tough conversation. Not everybody can do that. And so that's where the the courage come in. The courage to tell somebody, especially as a coach and a trainer, you have to be honest with a person to get them where they need to be. Because if you're giving them false counsel mm-hmm. or not giving them counsel at all, you're
0: not doing them any good.
1: You're not doing them any good.
0: It's this kid that came into the gym, and at the time he was k- kind of lazy. He's like, Daryl, you think I got a chance to go to the NFL? I was like, Nope, not right now. It's like what for real? I was like, yeah. It's like you never show up on time. When you do show up, you play around. You take too long. You move slow. Like you're not serious. You don't train real hard. You're not making mm-hmm. it with that type of mentality. He ended up flipping the switch a little bit, but <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like you have to do that. Like if someone is wrong, it's like the analogy that that you always gave about someone driving towards a pothole, a mm-hmm. big gaping hole or whatever. If you don't <clears throat> tell them. And they hit it, the blood's on you. But if you tell them they don't listen, then the blood's on them. And that's kind of how I feel. Like, I don't know, I just, it just drives me nuts. And I don't know why it bothers me so much when I see people that can really do great things. And then they talk about some, I want to do this, I can do this, I thought about doing this. And then they just don't do anything at all or they make excuses. I don't know why that bothers me so much.
1: So think about the, the church. If you, you got people, you know, you, the, the 20, 80 rule. You know, 20% of the people doing the, doing the work, 80% of the people what?
0: Like, 80% of people
1: what? Not.
0: Not doing anything. Right.
1: Right. And so how do you lead? What do you need to do? And see, sometimes you have to let people lead. And one thing that. that
0: Wait, sometimes you have to let people lead?
1: Yeah. And, and here's what, hear me what I'm getting ready to say about that. Uh-huh. I don't like to be micromanaged. My personality it that give me the task. When do we have to have it done by? Okay, let me do it. Now, if you coming in saying, okay, you got to do this, and then how come this is not doing that like that? That bothers me. But don't you're you, not allowing me to lead.
0: But won't you have to do that with somebody that's new in a leading position, especially someone that is not necessarily a leader, I guess, right away? Don't you have to kind of micromanage?
1: No. That's why you have to know the individual. That's what. Because if I said, "Okay, this this phase has to be done by this day," okay, you understand what the task is. They say, "Yeah, okay." That day come, they have it. Boom, you got it. If it doesn't come, now I change my method in dealing with them. They didn't make hit the mark where they were supposed to, and so mid week or mid month or whatever the time, I was like, "How are we coming on that?"
0: Wait, what does this have to do? Is this? ministry or is this like at your job
1: it's either way
0: because like what what are the marks for someone running a running a ministry
1: well it depends on the goal and what you're trying to do in the ministry
0: the goal is always to spread jesus right it depends it like okay so,
1: if you build in the ministry right if yeah. you say if you need more people in the ministry okay okay all right how many what how many people do we need in the ministry you, if, if it's a certain number And then what do we need these people to do You know that It depends a, That
0: still doesn't make sense to me Because whoever I, I just feel like When it comes to ministry stuff Who's there is there That's who you work with like, I just need an example Where you're like We need 50 people Or 40 people Or 30 people
1: Well not necessarily You When you're talking about Building the ministry Say if saying in the ministry That Pick a ministry
0: Evangelist
1: Okay evangelist team Okay, we want to share Christ with a hundred people.
0: Why is that a goal? Okay, uh, okay, I'll play. Would, I'll play along. Okay, yeah. Bye. Uh, okay.
1: Okay. A hundred. Well, how many people do I need to that can share the gospel? I'm thinking like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do I have one in there? If it's just me and somebody else, how many people that I need that can effectively share the gospel for to reach those people to a hundred people? Right. Yeah. So is it is it five people talking to 20 people? Is it 20 people talking to five people? Mm-hmm. Or whatever number it is. That's what I'm saying. If you're going to leave, oh, you see what I'm saying? Then
0: finding the people that can leave. Right. Okay, if that's your goal. Right. I don't know. I, that just always leaves a bad taste in my mouth because I went to this one church and it's talking about, we want to reach 30,000 people into our church and we want you to go out to, do, to the congregation, we want you to go out, take this little box, go out, hand the box to somebody, invite them to church with you, or stuff like that. And I just don't, I feel like, that why 30,000? You know what I mean? Yeah. Did God yeah. tell you 30,000 in a dream? Like, why 30,000? I feel like it, the goal is to go out and bring as many people. So if one person says 10 people, great. And one person does five people, great. And one person talks to one person, great. Like, that's just how I feel about that. That's why I just was like, why a hundred people? But that yeah. makes sense in your analogy.
1: Yeah. yeah, and I and I did that in pulling the fictitious number. But when you when you're talking about people sharing sharing the gospel, you you have to prepare them. That's why in Ephesians four, he said that's why he gave apostles, pastors, you know, evangelists to prepare God's people for works of service. So what is those works of service? Okay, somebody is going to have to lead in doing that. And so you just can't just put any warm body in there and make sh- and they're not be prepared. Yeah. You know, and then just think about <clears throat> your career, your journey in athletics, the people that you had that that poured into you, not even think about it. You had Ted Ginn. You had Tony Fox. You had Steve Alexander. You had Jeff Jenkins. You have all kind of people that poured into you. You know, from, from different aspects. Yeah. You know, so that's a team of people. And see, although I was your dad and your coach, I did not mind them pouring into you. Is that you being a leader? <clears throat> yes, because I understand that we're too close. Sometimes you need a voice from the outside. And then sometimes those people model. When you was with Ted Ginn Jr., you know, still having probably the top five times in 100-meter hurdles, 110-meter hurdles, you know, He's talking to you, he's pouring into you, and you was like, man, take In said this and this and that. And a lot of it was what I said. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's what, you, that's what you have to understand, what your organization, your athletes need. Mm-hmm. They need that outside voice. Like when I just spoke to the Intercontinental Hotel, the men there, they brought an outside voice in to give them some nuggets. A lot of that stuff is not new. Yeah, but they need a new voice to hit. You have to understand that about your people if you're leading them. Very good point, <clears throat> Ken Ferguson, Grandmaster Ken Ferguson. He was a top fighter in the country,
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay, in the world, one of the top fighters in the world. A guy told me, and I think I might have said this on the last episode. He said, you, I'm, "I'm mad because you didn't teach us like you taught them. They're good." He said. I didn't teach them. They saw what I did and they did it. Mm. What he did was he modeled, you know, and we looked at it and we, when we started practicing and developing it after the normal class was over, a group of us got together and we will always practice afterwards. So
0: I have a question. <clears throat> yes. Um, remember the situation when you were coaching track and you had a perfect plan for this guy that runs the 400, right? Yes. Before he ran his race, he talked to another coach and it was like, you should try running it this way. Yes. And they ran it and they ran a lot slower than what they usually run. And in this case, it was bad leadership. How do you decide? How do you figure out if determine if the person that you're listening to is a bad leader?
1: What did I always say to the track team? I said, do not change anything unless you talk to me. Okay. Okay. And when that happened, because <clears throat> I was like, why is he running that race like that? And then I found out. And what I said to him, because Chanel was closing that year. Yeah. And, and he was going to that coach school the next year. Yeah. And I told him, be happy what you're getting ready to get, because you're getting ready to go there and be with him.
0: Uh-huh. You know
1: what I'm saying? So that was, that's not integrity in my mind. And he didn't show loyalty. But what what about
0: the whole thing where you you was talking about bring somebody in or be willing to blah, 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 and be willing to work with?
1: He didn't know him. He didn't know his running style. He didn't put the plan in place to get him there. That was the first. He got to the state meets by running under 50 for the first time. Yeah, but is that
0: guy, is the coach in the wrong or is the athlete in the wrong?
1: Both. One, that's not, that's uh, as the athlete didn't show loyalty for one. Okay. Because he should have said, Hey coach, this other coach said this, right? Uh-huh. Or he should have remembered said, my coach said, don't change anything unless he talked to me. Right? Yeah. Okay. Then that coach is coming into another athlete in another organization who had not trained that athlete, don't know his pace work and all that. And he's going to, tell him to do something different is that the same concept of having a guest <clears throat> preacher come to your church no because a lot of times when they come there they said okay what do your church need what do you need me to talk you about you know what do they need strength in you know something like that
0: i don't know i feel like it's a gray area
1: yeah i mean why would you go in i mean say one of your athletes yeah okay they go in there and then another trainer for some place. Don't do that. Do this.
0: I'll feel some type of way. But what if I do it? Am I in the wrong for doing it?
1: Exactly.
0: If an athlete comes to me and, <clears> and asks, has, <throat> if I want to jump higher, what do I need to do? And I tell them the, what they need to do to jump higher. And I
1: yeah. had athletes come to me during track season and ask me stuff. Okay. And I said, go ask your coach. Why? Because they already have a coach.
0: So if someone, so if someone comes to the training center and they ask me, what do they need to do to run faster? I say, go back to your other training center and ask them.
1: No, that's different. That's, that's different. No, oh. Because, <clears throat> see, I'm coaching a high school team. This is another high school athlete from another coaching program. Yeah. I'm not going to do that to that coach and his athletes. Okay. You know? They're hiring you to get faster, you know, on certain components, yeah. you know. Okay. And majority of the time when they come to you, they're not in season.
0: So, okay. Let's talk about ministry in a church, okay. right? Never mind. I know the answer. Where you going? I'm going to ask it anyway. I'm going to ask it anyway because this one's actually fairly simple yeah okay I'm gonna ask you anyway okay someone comes from another church okay and they come to you Daryl Sullivan senior aka ds ninja 58 <laughs> <laughs> it's like I think this is my spiritual gift at this church they think that this is my spiritual gift what do you think my how do I find my spiritual gift or whatever.
1: Go to first Corinthians chapter. Okay, okay, <laughs> I
0: was like, okay, it's a little different in this situation yeah, it is. there's one set blueprint where we can go to find the true answer. So right. if someone whoever contradicts that, that's who you probably should not listen to.
1: Right. So, okay. But this, the, the here's the here's the thing uh, about that. Um is understanding that the individual and and where they think that God is leading them, then you got the foundations of the scripture. That's the difference.
0: <laughs> I talked to this person <clears throat> a few days ago, and they told somebody something that they said God let on their heart, right? Mm-hmm. Prior to that, literally I think a week or something before that, this person informed to me that they made this decision because God informed them to do it, okay? Bear with me. I'm sorry. It might be talking going in circles. <clears throat> Let's start there first. So it, this person told me that God told them to do this certain thing, right? Mm-hmm. They decided that's what God said, right? Later, they informed me that they did the opposite of that. And I was like, well, did God tell you to do that and you're being disobedient or are you operating off your own accord, mm-hmm. which it doesn't matter which one you choose because both of them are wrong. Right. Okay. And so, I like, oh, well, I don't know if God actually told me that. Okay. So that's what they said. Boom. Mm-hmm. Fast forward. Well, yeah, I don't know if God actually told me that. Maybe it's just a a period, a a small period or whatever uh, that I need to be doing, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I was like, whatever. Later, had a conversation saying that God told me that I should tell this person or God informed me that I should tell this person about this specific subject. I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, just rewind for a second. Like, how do you know God told you that? Mm -hmm. And it's like, because you get this feeling, like if it wasn't from God, like I just feel sick to my stomach, but I didn't feel that way. So I know that it's good and it was from God. I was like, well, literally a couple weeks ago, you had that same feeling about that decision that you made. Mm -hmm. And then now you're talking about, then after that, you said, well, maybe it wasn't for God. So how do you know? And you went to go tell this person that God told you that. Mm I was like, how do you know that actually what God told you? And so, and he was like, it's just a it's just a feeling that you have to have and all this other stuff. I was like, no. If you're not checking those, it's, a, it's like in scripture it says, test every spirit. Mm-hmm. So, whether it's good, you check it. Whether it's not good or like, what well, I mean, if it's either from God or not from God, you check mm-hmm. it. because." You never. You can have like God can give you a wake up call and it feels bad, right? Uh It feels bad. He's like, oh, dude, this is definitely from the devil because I am not like that. (laughs) And then you check it. It can be from God, you know. Like God giving you a wake up call, and then vice versa. It can be something that's really, really good, but it's not good. And how many times has the devil tried to entice people in the in the scripture? You know what I mean? So Uh I don't. I was like. in this, in our, in the role of being a Christian, and I feel like as being a Christian, you have some type of leadership role, especially when we're talking to somebody about Christ, right? Mm-hmm. You have to take the responsibility of taking every spirit that you feel and take it to God in the Scriptures before you go out to other people. And I personally don't think praying on it is enough.
1: You have to have, just like with anything, um, you need a coach. You know, and that's where the pastor, the elders, the deacons, and and those people come in. When you have, say, evangelism team, you're going out, you're sharing Christ with people. Yeah. You have to have somebody that you go to. You you call me, hey, Dad, I was reading this, and I believe this is saying this to me because I had this situation happen. And we'll talk about it. You know, you're you're going to somebody that uh, that might be a little more mature than you, you know, you have to have somebody you model and that can coach you, mm-hmm. you know, through those things. You have a situation where you call me all the time. Hey, dad, how should I feel about this? This this guy did this in a gym or something like that, or this company did this. And I want to do something. How do you think? You you see what I'm saying? Speaking of that, I got to talk to you about something after this podcast. (laughs) I got to (laughs) get your opinion on (laughs) something. (laughs) But see, you need somebody
0: like that. See, okay, and this is my issue right now. This is why I feel like I really need to to find a ministry and and find a church, which I think we're just going to try to go back to Providence every Sunday in the morning. Like, even though it's going to be much of a drive, but I think I might just have to, you know, take that hour and 15 minute drive or whatever because if i'm thinking about somebody to work on my car right if i'm putting my sending my car for somebody to work on and someone has does not work as a mechanic i'm not gonna allow them to work on my car sure i'm not gonna trust them with my car right if someone came to me and was like oh shoot i can work on your car this person told me how to do it
1: <laughs> I'm
0: not gonna let you work on my car. I'm gonna let a mechanic work on my car, and that's kind of how I kind of view <clears throat> myself in trying to spread God's word. Is people do people or people take me seriously if I'm not involved with a church or a ministry if I'm not practicing what I preach on a daily basis? And I don't know if that's a reach or if that's right or wrong, but like I, I had to think about that. Like if I go up to somebody and I'm not involved with ministry, I'm not um, involved with. A church, and not just like a church as far as like just brick and mortar place, but if I'm just, this is not my life, showing my lifestyle, you know, would they trust me?
1: Probably not. Because how are you using your your spiritual gift and edifying the church, and the even church if, of God?
0: And if you think about <laughs> it, right, as working on a car, the more that you do it, the better that you are. Exactly. And so the easier it is to explain it and stuff like that. And if it's not the same, I feel like that's the same goals for your ministry.
1: Well, D. You're talking to me, somebody who didn't talk to people, who had a low self-image, and now I'm teaching people. I'm sharing Christ with people. That sounds like one of info commercials. <laughs> yeah, but I'm speaking to people. You know, so I started small in in karate. I, I recognized it through karate. I was able to do that, you know, teaching people through that and then taking the word of God and start teaching small groups of people like that and then start building up, you know, and then doing classes and like that. So it, it was in me, but it had to be developed, and they had people along the way pouring into me that brought it out of me in in the church and outside of the church. Doc helped me tremendously as far as speaking and understand, understanding leadership and traits and principles uh, uh, and a lot of things like that. And, and then within the church, you know, you had the pastors, you had elders, and you had of the deacons at the time and watch, you know, I remember when uh, uh, Deacon Julia Ever, uh, Avery Hart, he helped when, when your grandmother passed, what he came over and did and stuff. I remember that. And so that was a model for me, you know, during times when people going through stuff, we have to understand that the heartache, the pains and the difficulty times teach us a lot. And then when people look at other people that you admire and that you inspire to learn from, how they handle that and then take that and turn it into uh, and make it your own. And then you develop.
0: This is my last question before we end this thing. Okay. okay? As far as being a leader, do the people that you lead reflect how you are as a leader? Like, let's say you leading five people to do certain things and they all crazy. Like, they all doing stuff off the rocker and stuff. Does that reflect directly on you? Like, if you're leading somebody and then they're out, like the, the guy that I explained, right, mm-hmm. who feels like, you know, you can just feel, the, you know, you feel it and you go do it. You know, um, if you're leading a person and there doesn't reflect your leading style, does that reflect on you as a leader?
1: It could. And I, and I answer that this way, because if that leader is put in that position and those people are already there. You know, or did he develop that team?
0: They develop they he okay. developed the team. You say that he or she developed the team.
1: Well, it, <laughs> it it could be a little bit uh, uh uh knowing how to pick the right people.
0: Does it you know? ref, does it also go to parenting style too? Does it reflect on parenting? So like if you you know, I don't know, I don't know, this might sound harsh, but if you're parenting a kid and they come out doing crazy stuff that i reflect on a
1: parent you know that's funny you you ask that question um it could Mm -hmm. a lot of times they think it is because um nobody in my house in our house was going to church reading a bible or anything like that but yet i have a drive to do that
0: but at one point in your time in your life you was You was responding to how you grew up though right so
1: that's what i'm saying so so why do i have the hunger to serve god and study of his word but my parents didn't do that that's interesting you know
0: so to a certain extent a parent oh gosh i feel like this is crazy though they feel like it's kind of contradictory
1: well it 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 could because the people that are around you it also depends on you because if you want to feel a part of a group or organization or a team or a gang or whatever, to be accepted, you'll do what they do. That's okay. because you're seeking acceptance. Yeah. But somebody like me, and I'm like, I don't care if you accept me or not. That's wrong. I ain't doing it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and I wasn't always like that. But then the different principles and the leadership principles and the traits and stuff. And you talk about courage and loyalty and knowledge. And all that stuff. And when you're talking about modeling and the heart check and all those different things, those are different components that I've learned from different people and from reading the book, sitting in a conference, or listening to somebody or, or, or somebody speak. And I grab nuggets and I put it together and I make it into Daryl Sullins. Mm. And that's what a leader has to do and know their self, seek self improvement, and then find the people. To put together your team, your organization, your ministry, and put people in the right place that they can use their strengths. Because everybody's strength will build that team.
0: I have a question for you after this, too. Ooh, okay. Boy.
1: Well, you you, th- you think about basketball. You you say Michael Jordan's the greatest player. He's he, the GOAT, right? He
0: is. I don't know why you say LeBron James.
1: Well, I didn't say LeBron James. Oh, okay. But here's here's the thing. Michael Jordan didn't win a championship until he got Scottie Pippen. He's a good leader, dad. And then and then he got some other players. You know, I mean, the dude has Cartwright on his team. Whoa, you know? whoa,
0: whoa. So would LeBron be considered a good leader because he went to a team that has that? Or would it have been better if he brought those people to where he was at?
1: Well, he was, he was drafted by Cleveland. Yeah. And he couldn't win a championship because of the team that he had.
0: Yeah.
1: He went to Miami where where Wade was there and Bosch was there. Yeah. You know. Maybe the way Was Wade he the leader was. of
0: that team? Maybe Dwayne Wade was.
1: See, I see <laughs> but they played their roles. They understand. I don't know who the leader was of that team. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm. But they they used the gifts and I mean, you think about it, man, when the Bulls, they had Dennis Rodman By himself, he wasn't a good basketball player. But that dude, that dude, his thing, he understood his job was to get the ball. This dude get 25 rebounds a game? I I heard that he could like, he got so, he perfected
0: his craft so much. He can see the ball in the air and be able to know where the ball is going to bounce off the rim. because
1: Look, go back and watch those Bulls game and watch Dennis Rotman. And he was he was he was with Detroit too. He understood his role. He's like, this is my job. When you got a football team, eleven players on offense, eleven players on defense, right? Mm-hmm. If you got the right tackle acting like a tight end, what's going to happen?
0: You are gonna have a hole.
1: <laughs> you you know. But everybody's doing their job. The job is the goal is to get a, f- a touchdown, right? Yeah. So it needs everybody on that line to do their job. Mm -hmm. So they have to pick. That's why you have the draft. They're trying to pick the right person to put in that position. And when they get the starting tackle or left tackle or tight end or a center, there's people that's behind them and they are modeling for them. So when you put together a ministry, the same, the, 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 uh, The model doesn't change. You have people in place that can lead that also modeling other people behind them. Mm. And see, that's the challenge we had with the boys to men. When we were talking about the boys to men, Mm -hmm. we had a core group of guys that every year got together months before, planned this thing out. And then we was like, look, we're getting older. We need people to do this, you know, for us. We need to transition, past the baton to them. Mm -hmm. but they didn't want to do it. They didn't want to put in the work. Mm -hmm. You know, were we good leaders? Were we bad leaders? I guess not. (laughs) But see, that's the problem. You have to find the people that's willing to put the commitment in. Mm -hmm. And that's how you build a strong team.
0: I got another question for you after this podcast, but you have any takeaways? I don't have any takeaways.
1: (laughs) Uh, It's just that we have to, you know, understand this understand god's purpose and 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 have the people to put in place to do it and we have to allow them to do it allow them to grow
0: boom <laughs> well that does it for this episode we want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of Notigations podcast if this is your first time with us we would love for you to tune in again if you want more information about this topic or others go to www.notigations.com there you can subscribe to your upcoming discussions and request a copy of our show note transcripts they're great for personal group bible study also if you like what you heard today look for that review button click it and leave us a review tell us what you loved about this episode which episode you um you heard was your favorite we also yes we do have apparel you can support us financially by ordering any of our no negations apparel or by looking for that donate button and donating this helps us reach our monthly goals um, of reaching more people, buy new equipment, and provide good content. If you are in or near the Canton, Ohio area, you can purchase our apparel blended located in Bella Village Ball. Right next door to Macy's, so check us out. I keep yawning, reading. Really.
1: <laughs> you got two kids now.
0: Oh, gosh. <laughs> if you are in search of a community of like-minded people growing in their faith, we invite you to join the No Negation Social Media community on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. While on YouTube channel, click the bell to subscribe, like, and please share. We would love you to have you join our ever going community growing community <laughs> so until next time remember see god first and never give up
1: do said